0: What's going on guys? It's your boy Danny Nassi. Welcome to the Danny Nasty podcast. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling amped. I'm feeling pumped. I got a real special guest here today. Tim Roman from Imperial. Really cool guy. Actually, today's gonna really be our first heart to heart conversation. We'll get in to how we met and how this whole thing came to fruition. And uh, I'm just excited about it. Tim, say what's up to the people, man.
1: What's going on, guys? I'm super pumped to be here, man. Thanks for having me. You know, I've been looking forward to this for a while now.
0: Why are you looking forward to it, man?
1: Because I'm a big fan. To start off, the way we connected initially was special. Um, it still is. We are just talking about it moments ago, how I still have the letter in the office from when I first got your merch. And, uh, you know, I've been following you since the first time I've seen you um, on TV. And, you know, I'm just real pumped about everything you're doing. And I love connecting with real people, you know, that that are real passionate about what they do.
0: I appreciate it, brother. You know, there's a lot of people out there that, you know, they look good they smell good but at the end of the day they're no good Absolutely. and uh, I definitely love rubbing shoulders with people you know that are authentic that are real uh, that are ethical legitimate that you know honestly care not to see themselves just successful but also help other people do that and you know we met online and I, I've been watching you and, and you know I'm a big watcher of your you know your stories your posts thanks let's get into that how did you get to know who I was so these you know so the people out there can get an understanding of how we connected
1: absolutely so obviously being in the business and in or around real estate you know we're a wholesale distributor for the real estate uh, development community um, and uh, you know I've always paid close attention to what's happening in the marketplace especially in or around New York City that being my direct market um, and huge fan of million dollar listings of course you know and you came on the episode with ryan and i was just like i was just taken back at like the amount of energy and you know passion and yes it was you know essentially uh, reality tv but i just saw a guy that was just in his element and right away i just went down the you know the social media you know Wormhole, and I was like, I got to find him. And I started following you from that from that day on and uh, followed you since you've been with, you know, with that team. And now, you know,
0: uh, very close to what you're doing right now, following closely till this day. Dude, Tim, that's crazy, because that was a few years ago now. Oh, yeah. You know, and I got to be honest with you. I don't want to sound like a douche because I really don't talk about that experience much because I had like two episodes on that show and it was crazy because like the first I didn't realize how many people actually watched that show Oh yeah. and the first I want to say like six to eight months I'm not even kidding because like you know there's a lot of glitz and glamour when it comes to real Mm -hmm. estate so people think oh maybe you know you have a chauffeur you have your own car so like you're not really you know seen on the streets and Mm -hmm. I walk everywhere I take the train everywhere and uh, you know and I like to do that because number one it helps my business and number two it's the most reasonable way to travel it's fast and I'm always very punctual so you know I would see you know i'd be like walking down the street and like people at that time were like coming up to me they're like i know you and i was like all right i'm like where do you know me from they're like i saw you on tv i saw you on that show million dollars in new york and it was just like so weird that people you know recognized me in that way but i love people so i loved having those moments and those experiences with them but i remember going home And I would tell my wife, I'm like, yo, man, I'm like, babe, it's fucking crazy. All these people like recognize me. And she always like, you know, tries to keep my head small. She's like, yeah, okay, why don't you just settle down? I'm like, babe, I don't care. I'm just letting you know that these people (laughs) are recognizing me and they're calling me out on the street, on the train, wherever I am. Yep. So she's like, yeah, bullshit. I was like, okay, you'll see. So this is like a month, month and a half after, you know, I was on the Uh show and uh, we're going out and we had plans to go to the public hotel because my wife's best friend Nicole wanted to um, take me out for dinner to celebrate. It was like my birthday time, it was like in July. So we end up getting into an Uber, right? We get into an Mm -hmm. Uber, we're heading down to the public hotel and uh, in the middle of the drive, the Uber, I see the guy's eyes in the Uber, like in the <laughs> rear view mirror, he keeps on looking at me. And uh, finally, we get to a red light, the guy turns around. He's like, hey, I know you, man. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about, man? He goes, you were on Million Dollar Listing New York. <laughs> I was like, yeah, man. He's like, you're Danny. I'm like, yeah. I look at my wife, she looks at me. I was like, I told you, yeah. I listened to her. And she started laughing. So we finally get to the public hotel. The guy pulls over the fucking car. He goes, please, please. Can we take a picture together? I'm like, yeah, man, let's <laughs> That's do awesome. it. Awesome, it's the so, tiger. Yeah, so from that point on, my wife knew that shit was legit. But um, it was a really good experience, and it really like gave me some exposure. It really helped, you know, put me on and put my business on. And that happens, you know, you for have sure. these like moments. And we'll talk about yours because you got a really good moment, for sure. Very similar to that. So, what were you doing before you got into starting your company, Imperial?
1: Um, so pretty much, I'm an immigrant. Um, I came here. I was about 13 years old, so which is almost exactly 20 years ago. Where did you come from? Uh, come from? Came from Russia. Dobry utra. Uh dobry utra. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually really good. That you was like good. that? Yeah. You must have some Russian clients. I and do, but I love New York City. I know
0: very little. I had a good friend of mine. His name uh, doesn't matter, but he was, you know, he he, he would date a lot of Russian women. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, very beautiful woman, by the way. Oh yes. Uh, So one night, I'm in Aventura. I used to live in North Miami Beach for like five years.
1: Heavy Russian community.
0: Big Russian community. So he takes me to his Russian restaurant one night, and uh, we have dinner. And uh, I was really in the mood for dessert. I really wanted like a chocolate cake. So he goes to me, he goes, yo, listen. He goes, when the waitress comes, you tell her you want a big, warm piece of kakashka. (laughs) I'm like, all right. So the waitress comes up. I'm like, can I please get a nice, juicy, warm, moist piece of kakashka? (laughs) The girl started laughing and like...
1: Oh, man, those of you that well, don't know what
0: kakashka is it means yeah it's baby poop it's baby shit so <laughs> yeah. that's Less, that's yeah. i'll never i'll never forget to the to word specific kakashka.
1: So go ahead, man. Sorry that, to interrupt. yeah so you know i i basically came here 20 years ago you know didn't know the language you know the whole rough coming up story you know mom's working two jobs divorced single mom raising two kids <clears throat> so i got into trouble almost immediately um i was always sort of a troublemaker growing up um I'd like to call it outside the box. I don't like to say troublemaker. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we came here, and obviously, like, coming from such a stern, strict environment like, you know, Mother Russia, you know, like, you come here, and it's like an open field of opportunities. So I just hit the floor running.
0: Slow down. What's that like for you? Because I've never been to Russia. I've never experienced it. So, and, you know... I'm, I'm assuming a lot of my listeners haven't been there. I don't know if they have or haven't. Yeah. What is life like over there in comparison to when you came over here and you felt like, obviously, it was like a big fucking playground?
1: Oh, yeah. So, like, right you know right now, it's definitely much better, right? It's The countries went through a big changeover and a turnover. But at that point, this was, you know, early 90s. This is, like, post-USSR fallout. So, we're talking about pretty much near depression. You know, people are not getting paid for six months, seven months. You know, we're, like, down to the barter system where it's, like, you have a chicken, I've got a cow, you've, you know, you know what I mean? And like, it's literally, it literally got down to that, so I got to see all that. Um, you know, you're, like, cutting a banana six ways. You know, it's, like, you know, all that. So when you come here, the basic of basics seem like such – Privilege. So like to put it in like graphic context for you, the first time I've walked into a Walgreens, like my fucking head blew off. That was like Are you I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> and then my uncle's like, What? It's like, oh man, I forgot you just came here. So he like takes me to like the Garden State Mall, which is like one of the most prestigious malls in New Jersey. You know, it's in paramus bergen County. So he's like, This is a stores. And then at that point I was just like, Oh yeah, anything's possible here. So it was it was just graphic traffic it was hard to get used to, hard to understand. I felt like I was on vacation for a really long time, you know, so it was like a, just overall just a hard adjustment. So It was like, almost
0: like you were just like overstimulated.
1: Yeah, like exactly. You're just like constantly on adrenaline and you know, in that state. <laughs> you look state, like you're
0: fucking on adrenaline right, right now. Right now,
1: I'm just pumped. I'm always pumped because like this is the land of opportunity. I still have that feeling. You know, like I think that's one of my advantages till this day is that I have that. But, you know, it was just really rough, you know. So, you know, we came here and and I went the wrong way and long story short I ended up in some really bad places with some really bad people um I ended up incarcerated for a little bit and then when I got passed through that stage um I was literally, you Slow know, down, bro. Yeah. What did
0: you get incarcerated for?
1: Just, you know, doing a little bit of pharmaceutical distribution <laughs> that weren't exactly uh, FDA approved. <laughs> um, right. That's where I got my sales skills from.
0: All right. Was that also part of, like, just trying to, like, stack some paper and stack your chips and have some money in your pocket?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I dropped out of school. I was in about ninth, at the end of my ninth grade. Be- I think beginning of 10th grade, I dropped out of school. You know, be- mom's gone pretty much all week. You're... Mm-hmm trying to figure out what to do you're not really understanding the system you're sort of just living it Mm -hmm. so you know no one's slowing you down to say hey like slow down like there's the right way to do this and there's a wrong way to do this you're doing you know so it's just happening too
0: fast so um but when you first came here was there like i mean was the adjustment challenging like were you guys broke were you guys poor did you guys not have money like what do you feel like drove you to the point of where you like had to you know sell what you were selling to oh uh, means
1: of survival 100 percent so you know we moved into my uncle's place and we were living in you know his living room you know like the three of us so you know in like two months he goes to my mom he's like hey listen i'm not really comfortable with you guys being here you gotta like figure it out so meanwhile we were like the only they were like the only reason why we came so without them there was like nothing so in like two months we had to learn with like others usually learn in like a couple of years so my mom had to get like A day job a night job over a weekend job and then you know me just watching that your brain just starts to go into survival mode right and that usually is like the low-hanging fruit you know like you go and you know make some money on the streets and you know that's what ended up happening really it wasn't because you know i was bored and i didn't have anything to do yeah you know or or i was like influenced by a bad crowd it was just that i got into a crowd where i saw that happening and i was like it's that easy okay let's do this you know and that was really it all right, right on man. That's a heavy story. Yeah, and you know, it's part of me. It's it's what made me who I am today. You know, you I feel like you know, it's the reason why I'm here. So I should embrace it and like, you know, always at least keep it on a back burner to remind me, you know, like where things started and, you know, like how bad things could really be, you know, if you uh, if you don't concentrate on what's
0: important. No, definitely. I can appreciate your story. And I think what I appreciate most about it is like how honest, open and real you are about it, because there's listeners right now, subscribers, Danny Nasty podcast. There's absolutely no doubt in my mind that, you know, there might be someone right now, you know, on that kind of a low. Absolutely. You know, that is going to get to hear your story and then have this moment where like, holy shit, well, if Tim, you know, is out there and, you know, maybe he was, you know, dealing a little bit and making some money, got incarcerated, learned his lesson from it, and now he's this, you know, successful business owner. Uh, who's having a great impact on his industry, then why can't I do it? And you can, guys, and that's why we're doing this podcast, so you can hear other people's stories and have that aha moment and realize that, look, you're not alone, number one. Number two, somebody went through it before you, and number three, this is how this person's come out on the other side, and this isn't even how he's essentially come out on the other side. He's going to actually grow and become bigger and better, And probably likely the kind of guy that I see him being is, you know, somebody who's going to be giving back to his community and other people that, you know, suffered the same consequences. So how did Imperial come to play for you? So
1: after that whole period, um, literally by law, I was required to have a job. Mm -hmm. Um, So here I am forced by my probation officer to get to go through a temp agency and get some sort of employment. So first place was like, Mohawk, I believe, which is a huge carpet carpet company. So I'm like throwing carpets around a trailer. Next job was like a pharmaceutical company selling, like <laughs> cold scary. calling doctors, okay. um, trying to sell them stuff. And these are like two weeks at a time. So if they don't like you, you move on. If they like you, they go back to the temp agency and they say, Hey, we'll keep this person, and they renegotiate the terms. Wow. So the third place is a plumbing supply, and they're like, All right, whatever. You know, you start cleaning up the bins and whatever. And this is like. You know, right, like, year, a like couple of years before the meltdown, right, the the 2008 meltdown. So, times are amazing in the real estate industry. So, you got, like, plumbers riding around and Range Rovers and, you know, black um, Amex cards. So, I'm in that plumbing supply Hold on, place. okay, mm-hmm. not to
0: cut you off. When you're going through this process and you're going through, like, two weeks at a time at these different odd jobs, let's mm-hmm. call them. Uh, Obviously, at this point, you don't know what your purpose is. You just don't want to get in trouble anymore. You're keeping your nose clean and you're reporting back to a probation officer. What are you feeling emotionally? Because you're an emotional guy. I'm an emotional guy. What are you going through? Like, what are you feeling? What are you thinking? What's your day-to-day self conversations that you're having, you know?
1: Um, I think at that moment, you know, I really, I don't know if I could say I was trying to find myself. I think I was just like sort of, was letting life happen at that moment but in a positive way meaning i was like you said staying clean but wasn't really doing too much on top of that mm-hmm. um i wasn't like motivating myself any further i didn't really have um an influencer a mentor anyone to like really try to push me or guide me but i was definitely much in a much better place um than than before
0: for sure all right so you're hanging out with these plumbers in a good time of the economy. They're driving Range Rovers. You're seeing black cars getting thrown around. What happens next?
1: I, I sort of just see this opportunity where, you know, they, the closer I get to some of these guys, you know, they're, they're small business owners, but they, you know, they have great lifestyles, and they literally have the wish list that, you know, one would call the American dream. So
0: what was that to you at that time? I, I imagine today it's much different sure. than what it was then for you. What was it then for you that you thought it was the American dream?
1: At that point, you know, it was very basic. It was just not being able to, not having to worry about money, meaning not having to count it every week to like to the dollar and then playing Rob Peter to pay Paul um, in the sense of like, okay, well, maybe this week I don't like get the chicken and like I just do like the noodles two days and that's like 20 bucks. So like I could do that for gas because I have like work for six days. Like, like it w- it got that bad to a point so you know it was like again you know when you're in survival mode you know the American dream is not so grand it's pretty basic and then like you said as you move along it gets bigger and bigger but at that point it was just having financial freedom essentially um, and you know being able to have a comfortable you know life where you're I'm not have to you know not having to worry about things
0: not having to look at the right side of the menu when you go out
1: menu, right? <laughs> exactly
0: absolutely all right so go on man
1: so yeah and um, you know I'm, I'm getting closer to these guys and I'm figuring out that they're not the smartest you know tools in the box and I'm like and they're giving me all these compliments like hey man you're a sharp kid like you're well spoken and you learn pretty quick and also same thing I noticed in the workplace the manager was you know called the temp agency after two weeks he said we like him moved, you know move me quickly to like a, a person that picks the orders you know like a picker that move me up to like the guy that runs the warehouse Then move me up to the guy at the counter and I noticed that like all that happened within a year like really quickly and I was like I don't know, like something's working, I should probably capitalize on this. And that's when the motivation and like entrepreneurial type of senses started really kicking in. Um, And I really started like thinking about Imperial. And that's when it was really born. Um, You know, and I just, at that point, I was like, now I need to go to different jobs to learn High, more higher quality products to learn more about this industry and to try to work for as many you know good companies as I can before I really start this on my own. So that was the next
0: chapter. All right. So explain to everyone exactly what you do, exactly what your business is, and then we'll get into the next chapter.
1: So we're an importer and a wholesaler of kitchen and bath products, uh, specifically for the developer industry, meaning we are B2B. We do not sell to the end consumer. And uh, we import from all over the world, direct from factories, Spain, Italy, Germany. Um, We have a showroom 10 minutes outside of New York City. It's an Edgewater, uh, New Jersey waterfront location. And uh, we're now... Pretty much in, uh, in the
0: water from the yeah, place. you have to, you have see, to, a you got <laughs> <you gotta laughs> it. you got it. you got You didn't think I caught that, bro? You throw <laughs> hey, that in there, huh? a salesman's a salesman, you beast, you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> And um, you know, we're in, a, we're in, because we're in a wholesale business. You know, we're pretty much national, so we try to be national. We're now broke into Boston, and we're slowly but surely growing the national market. Right. So um, So
0: I imagine like you had to make all these contacts and resources before you made a decision to say, hey, I'm going to start my own business. 100%. All right. So talk to me about that process. How did you start making all the contacts, all the resources? And then how did you get these people to like you and trust you to want to work with you and say, you know what? This kid keeps his fucking word. I want to continue to work with him because this kid's a money maker, and we can make money with him. Absolutely. How did that come to fruition? Uh,
1: Absolutely. I mean, I think that's the punchline and, and I'll reverse engineer that. The punchline is when you show someone you can get it done, you know, you're, you're position in life might not be as important to the other party as you as it is to you, you know, as long as you can deliver, you know, and that's what I really concentrated on. So I started literally taking every single free moment of my life and either studying the product or taking the time and meeting the reps. So I started by setting up a virtual office in an executive building. um, And so I can be able to like host meetings and almost pretend like, you know, I had an office. Uh, But what I did prior to that is I built a website. I make sure that I really learned Everything that there is to know about my industry. So because I was young at that time, you know, we're talking 25, 26 years old, you know, I knew that I was going to get called out on it. You know, the real estate industry for the most part is skews higher, you know, in age Mm. demographic. So I know that I was going to get called out on my shit. It's crazy. I I got
0: into my industry when I was 19. So people would always fucking say to me, they'd be like, how old are you? Yep. And then I look him dead in the face. I say, Old enough. Yep. How old are you? Oh, yeah. You know? And that would shut that down right away.
1: Oh, yeah. Before I got the balls to do that, I would say things like, Oh, you know, my dad, he's slowing down, or, you know, I'm a partner, <laughs> or like literally just,
0: you know, whatever you want to hear. Like, Lee, are you feeling what a hustler this guy is? You know? You can see he's a hustler, right? Yeah. <laughs> He took his street hustle and he made it a legit business. I fucking love it. It's the
1: only way I'm to do it. I'm excited. This right is now, the man. only place in the world where you're allowed to do that. You know, where I'm from, you can't. You have to know somebody, you have to pay somebody. By to the way, do you that.
0: guys aren't in here right now. This fucking kid's got a smile from like LA to New York <laughs> on his face. He's got a very well trimmed beard. He's coming in here, well dressed, handsome guy. You have a girlfriend right now or no? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You do have a girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. All right, sorry, girls. <laughs> I was going to try to like give you a plug to I get you I appreciate it. But
1: no. That's it. Off the market
0: all right but go ahead Matt. sorry
1: so yeah and um you know i literally so like i had a job that was from 10 a.m to uh to 8 p.m so i would wake up at 6 in the morning so the way i started is i knew that i was going to need capital to start either a little showroom or have the money to be able to fly to spain and attract buyers so what do you do you know i started a little construction company doing little bathrooms little backsplashes because i have all the contacts so i was like let me just be a construction manager and put some guys together be the front you know to the client be the facade and then manage it all behind the scenes and that is what i started to do so i would wake up at like six in the morning i would meet a crew of subcontractors at home depot at like six thirty. get them lined up pay for the materials meet them at the job site, walk through with what needs to be done.
0: So you didn't even know who your subcontractors were going to be until no. you went to Home Depot and you No, just no, 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 no. no. I didn't, clerk? like,
1: pick up guys from the street. No, like, oh, okay. I would v- somewhat had a I've vetting know, process. I know people that have done that. Oh, That's yeah, yeah, definitely. You. No, no, it wasn't that bad. Like, I actually vetted guys, but I didn't have, like, a relationship with them. Okay. You know, I was just simply making a bet on the first two meetings and yeah
0: you're taking the, a risk and then
1: like i'm taking the real risk because i'm the face to the client yeah. so like i'm really holding the bag one yeah. way or another so
0: like you're throwing up inside oh yeah yeah.
1: yeah like i'm like you know i'm gonna get deported like <laughs> soon like <laughs> so you know i started doing that and then like at 10 in the morning i would show up to my job do what i need to do lunchtime i would step out and and stop on a job site, run to a building department, file a permit. At night, I would do all like the paperwork stuff and like any little marketing that I could. And I did that for about two years religiously Mm -hmm. till two, three, four in the morning, you name it.
0: So no social life, just work.
1: No, I would go to my friend's house. Luckily, my best friend just like didn't care that I would sit there on his couch with a laptop while they would like play FIFA and like do their thing. And I would also, you know, chime in here and there. And like that worked. So like for me, it was like a win-win. I didn't need to go to Starbucks and be alone. I did right. the same thing oh, you at my friend's, friends, friends house. Friends. Yeah, and I, you know, I have amazing friends, so they were very supportive. But you know, and I did that for two years, build up the knowledge and the experience, and then the money that I that I saved, you know, from from doing that. I just said, you
0: know what, that's it. I'm going full time. How did you have the discipline to save? Because it takes discipline to save money. You know, I've known a lot of people that have had that challenge. I had that challenge myself, like, going through my 20s, early 30s. I used to blow my money. Mm-hmm. I really used to blow my money. Sometimes because I wanted to, and other times because I had no choice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's really awesome to see somebody from a younger generation. How old are you now? Thirty. 33. Right. I'm 40 now, right? Wow. So I'm not that much older than you, mm-hmm. but... A lot of the kids today in the younger generation, they're, a lot of these kids, unfortunately, they're getting a bad rap. They're called millennials. Yep. You know, they feel, you know, people saying they're entit- entitled they feel yeah. and they don't want to work and they don't understand that you got to roll up your sleeves and like you got to get to work and you got to put in the hours and the time. You know, why do you feel like, you know, you had the mentality of, all right, I'm going to work. I'm going to sacrifice. I'm going to save my money. Like, how did that happen for you? Um,
1: I think it was black and white. Um, When you're you know having conversations about going into business for yourself, being an entrepreneur, you know you know like it, it you have to be really careful. You know today um, like one of my great mentors says, Gary Vee, you know, men, uh, entrepreneurship has been put on a pedestal. You know, everybody has it in their bio, you know, everybody's an entrepreneur because they sold a t-shirt somewhere once, you know, mm-hmm. when me and you were starting this and trying to get into this, that wasn't the case. You know, like you were just the guy without a job trying to figure it out today. You're like, Oh my God, you're going to be the next Steve jobs. So I think for me it was binary. It was like all in or you get a job. And I knew that like by saying all in, you gotta have an all in conversation with yourself, not just with the people around you. That was the hardest part. So like, you know, I bullshitted for six months for sure. When you're like, eh, I'm not really in this all the way. You're like half pregnant. But then the second I started seeing, you know, ROI and like I started seeing like what this little thing that I created can do, it was just all in and then 10X. You know?
0: Alright, so let's fast forward Because we're going to get into like what motivates you What inspires you, what you do to keep a positive mental attitude Positive habits When did Imperial start at that point?
1: So Imperial went live 2015 Okay. um so it's actually uh very new beginning of 2015. right
0: so for two years you have the construction mm-hmm. the construction company, company. You're the and facade.
1: Then, <laughs> exactly i'm the facade and then after those two years i took all the money that i made from that business and i opened a showroom and i built out a showroom with like kitchen displays and bathroom displays it's about 2,000 square feet you know four kitchen displays 10 bathroom displays you know we sell everything again it's in a very nice location so i had to you know work my ass off to put that together but that was the transition so now it's you know less concentrated on that side and just all about the product distribution right so how
0: did you get yourself in front of the developers who at the end of the day the end game is they got to buy it from you right yeah
1: yeah so the money that i took from that first phase from the construction company i literally jumped on a plane and with any contact that i've ever developed i just hit every single european country that i possibly could. I put in about $10,000, maybe $15,000 into travel, you know, maxed out all my credit cards and went literally door to door to factories and selling myself just saying, hey, you know, I know I'm nobody right now, but believe me, you're going to be sorry if you don't work with me now, you know, because then you're going to hear about me in other ways and it's going to be too late.
0: But I feel like I I know you're laughing. I know you're smiling, but I feel like that you really believe that. 100%. And I really believe that you feel like if these people don't work with you, it's a disservice not only to them but to their business and to their projects if they're not working with you. 100%. My gut's telling me you're incredibly accountable, somebody that can really turn to get responses, get good product, get it installed, and have that shit be perfect. Absolutely. That's what I see in it. Absolutely. Am, I, am I right to say Absolutely. that? Absolutely. Absolutely. All, All right. in. So how did you get yourself in front of like the developers, especially uh, in New York? That's so not yeah. easy. The developer part is actually- Because um, they already have established relationships. Yeah. You're also a young guy. You also haven't been in business a long time, even though you're making a massive impact on your industry right now. How the fuck did you get through to these guys?
1: Two words, social proof you know, modern day word of mouth. So I knew that, you know, especially in an industry like New York City or anything around it, you know, it's a who's who business, you know, you got to know people, you got to know, you know, successful brokers like yourself and, you know, other type of, whether you want to call them gatekeepers or networkers, whatever you want to, you know, that, that, that get to the sun. At the end of the day, it's the guy that, the guy that writes the check is the sun, right? right? And how do I get close to them? I knew I would have zero opportunity to go the traditional route, which is, you know, the real deal and, You know, those really high end publications and things like that. So I had to go guerrilla style. And, you know, because I'm a huge Gary Vee fan, I took everything that he said to heart. And I built out my social platform and dumped, you know, and continue to dump a lot of money into it, whether it's, you know, content or management. And I built out a presence that created, you know, leverage in the marketplace. And that allowed me to use that leverage when I approach developers via social media. Right.
0: So let's talk a minute. Let's slow down because that's how you approached me also. That's how we got to know one another. You have over, what, 21,000? Just about it. Yeah,
1: I think. Yeah, 21 and change. That's
0: insane. Now how did that happen? Did that, you know, I didn't even talk about this. We'll get into the Gary Vee part of this. Just so you guys know, uh Tim was mentioned in which one of his books? The latest book, Crushing It. Crushing It, okay? How much did that help your business? Oh, tremendously. Tell me how.
1: It's it's, you know, it's back to social, pr- you know, proof and and status and credibility. It it now you know, I don't have to say it's my dad's business anymore. You know, the, the the proof is in the pudding, as they say. And, you know, if someone of that stature... <laughs> I love that you said
0: that. I love that you said that. Because a lot of sons that actually do work with their fathers that have a family business are so hung up on the fact that it's a family business that they don't even like to mention that they work with their dad. Right. the one that's actually due, right. because they want their own identity. So I right. think it's fucking amazing that you didn't and you were using the same identity. Because I bet on myself,
1: you know? Yeah. And when you bet on yourself, you're confident in what comes out of your mouth and then the value that you bring to the client will do the talking and nothing else, not your,
0: you know? Before you got here, Lee was telling me he just started reading Crushing It. Lee is the owner of Jambox Entertainment Studios. We'll talk about that later but he's the fucking best engineer in new york city and that's a bottom line beautiful studio so the gary you gary v mentions you in his book and then you have now over twenty-one thousand people that follow you on instagram um what's that like man and and you invited me last uh week or two weeks ago to take over your instagram story yep i had a blast i had fun doing that i hadn't done that for anyone else and i really appreciate uh you Appreciate allowed me to you. do that thank you thank you and um yeah, that was that was an awesome experience. I don't know if you got good feedback oh on absolutely it or
1: not. i it's funny because you know I had made a post you know, coming up, you know, leading up to it, right, on the main feed. And already in the comments, you know, like, you know, again, I, I have a niche following, right? These are builders, developers, some of these guys, are, you know, are an older community. Not all of them are super active on social. But the amount that are that I do have, they engage with me all the time. And, you know, right away in the comments, they were like, oh, I know this guy. Like, a few, few people were like, I recognize him. And the, one of my clients in Jersey, a developer, was like, I, I know Danny. It's like, that is so crazy that you guys are going to be doing this. So, like, you know, it's insane how, how that works. So you know, going back to what you're saying, how, how did I do that? In the beginning I had to hack it, you know, you know, you growth hack it, however you can, you know, I had a campaign, which, which helped me tremendously. I made a, I invested about maybe like 1500 bucks to like $2,000. And I had tiny little wireless speakers, like Wi-Fi speakers that you could put like anywhere, Mm -hmm. uh, like Bluetooth. And I put our logos on them and I would, I would just hit up big accounts and I would just be like, I'd love to send you my speaker. Like, Mm No punchline, no pitch, like, here's a speaker that's it and then that I did that that grew my following tremendously because you know they repost and then you know it's the butterfly effect then I had like a t-shirt campaign and I did all this like on the arm like I just gave all this out mm-hmm. so I knew again being a Gary Vee fan like he just preaches about all this He's like jab 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 right hook is a, is a another book he has yeah. and it's basically the punchline is you gotta give 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 and then not take but give 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 and then ask so, like, that's that's li- literally how I built my business till this day. You know, I try to create so much value up front and show that through social media where by the time I get the client, it's like a conversation just like with you and me right now. Like, you know, we're yeah. just kicking it. Like, it's we already know each other. You
0: know what I like about you? I don't even know you well uh, just from what I see off of social media. And, you know, you talked a lot about, like, you know, having knowledge, uh, really knowing your product, like, really getting to know your inventory. And I'm sure you wouldn't. You know, sell anything that you haven't experienced on your of own. Um, I just noticed that you were out in Vegas. Like, it seems like you're very active, like, in your industry, in your community, seeing what's new, what's the most modern, uh, what's the best quality. Can you talk about that a little?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, luckily for me, my industry, again, it, you know, ages you know, skews higher. So it's an older demographic, usually whether it's a showroom owner, a distributor, a plumber, a developer, you know, mostly an older demographic. So, you know, the most of the these guys are sort of, you know, asleep at the wheel when it comes to product knowledge and going to trade shows and investing in time. You know, these are you know, they also have families and stuff. So if you're not really like a hustler, a grinder and you know, you're like kind of sort of just winging it. You know, you'll get a magazine here and there. You'll see someone post something, but you don't really know. So again, going back to me trying to create as much leverage as possible, I want to become a specialist in my field, and I want my industry then to recognize me for it. Mm -hmm. And then that will create, you know, the ultimate exposure and and the ultimate leverage. But what essentially what I do is, till this day, I spend, you know, at this point, tens of thousands of dollars every year traveling. Um, Sometimes the vendors co-op Sometimes they don't. Sometimes it's just something that I do to travel around the world to all of the shows, most of them, to make sure that I bring the latest and the greatest to my clients, to make sure that I and my team know the latest and the greatest, you know, and that we are just, you know, always on top of
0: it. Talk to me about your team. How many people do you have working for you now? Right now, it's four. Um, What do you look for in those four?
1: Four, honestly, the biggest thing I look for for first is someone to have really like entrepreneurial tendencies and, and, and sort of character, you know, like I, I even in my res, in not in a resume, in the, uh, in a job post that I did the other day in a job description or requirements rather, instead of saying like education level, I put, um, hustle and then the, you know, the over sign yeah. and then degree, meaning like hustle is more important to a degree for me, yeah. you know, because that's my background. So I look for someone that can show me that they want
0: it it's a fine line though when you're looking for like somebody with an entrepreneurial spirit because at the end of the day they're obviously going to want to go and do their own thing so like your goal is hey come work for me come work with me come learn from me i want to see you go i want to see you grow but you know, I don't want you to leave at the end of the day, right? A hundred percent. So you get that fine line where you want to teach them enough and have them love your company enough not to want to go. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. I
1: was very afraid of that. Um, and actually, a you know, a very, very smart individual that has a company over 400 employees now told me that, you know, numbers don't lie. And for the amount of people that think they're going to be entrepreneurs, for the amount of people that want to be entrepreneurs, that aspire, that actually get pretty close, a tiny, tiny, tiny percentage actually break through. And what a lot of people realize when they face that restriction, resistance sort of, is that they're a really good, amazing number two. They'll never be the sun. And I'm... Not really, I think I'm worried about that because that small percent they're gonna go on to be their business owners, anyways. Will yeah. never mean you will never be able to stop that. Yeah. But the other percent, if I do my job very well as a team leader as a super duper CEO, I think they'll just wanna follow and be twos, threes, fours, fives, just as much as ones. Cause you could create an environment for a two or a three that feels like one, yeah. you know? And I think that's how I wanna build my
0: my company, you know? You see how smart this kid is, 33 years old? I'm looking at Lee right now. He's just <laughs> nodding his head up and down, <laughs> up and down. Yes, yes, yes. But Lee's not saying anything, but I see it in his face, man. You guys, I wish you were in this room. This is crazy. The amount of energy this kid has. So I let me ask it, you a question: Like, what do you do, uh, you know, to keep motivated? To you know, have a positive mental attitude? To keep having positive uh, habits? I mean, obviously, you know, from where you were, which was your bottom years ago, to where you are so far, and obviously, you know, I can see already you're going to be you know ultra ultra successful my man i Thank can you, see it friend. i can feel it i can taste appreciate it. it uh what is it that you do on a day-to-day basis that you weren't doing before that's you're having this personal growth that's helping you professionally um i think And what you could tell other people to do so they can have the same kind of uh so they can reciprocate so they can uh duplicate what you're doing
1: yeah absolutely i mean i think the the i didn't do anything different than f- from what i was doing when i was starting which which is being aggressive about wanting to learn constantly, like as we've just touched on, you know, I'm constantly traveling. Um, so, you know, like I don't really, like the rah-rah stuff doesn't work for me. Like I don't need to like listen to, you know, like read a quote to get going. I think the the benefit that I have, and I'm sure a lot of people that can relate to my story should also have and been able to use is tap in into the darkness, you know, like go to the deepest, darkest point that you have and look at it, like look at it, face-to-face, and do you want that darkness back? And then that should kick you right in the ass for the next eight (laughs) hours, at least ten hours. You know what I mean? And I literally just have this loop where it's like, you know, because if you're, you know, we're creatures of habits. So if you're already in this action momentum of learning, progressing, then you're good. Like it'll, you'll naturally go. Now you just need to make sure that the fuel is there. And my fuel is just remembering how it was and never wanting to go back to that. I think that's
0: such a great description because, to be honest with you, I had a property management company. I want to say six years ago, seven years ago, before I dove into full-time luxury real estate. And I remember every fucking day was miserable. Every day. Every day was bad news. And even today, if I have a bad day, I I reflect back on my bad day then. Mm -hmm. It doesn't even fucking compare in any shape, way, or form. And I was so miserable and so depressed and so unhappy with myself and my life at that time. For me, that was my bottom. Oh, yeah. Really, really my bottom. And that's actually what gets me fired up is partially how unhappy I was and also the fear of ever being in a place like that again. Exactly. I hate to use the word fear, but it actually, it, if I'm being yeah, honest, yeah, yeah. 100%. 100%. A fear, and I never, ever want to go back there. 100%. As and entrepreneurs, anger, the anger that I have towards that fear is what fucking drives me.
1: Yeah, 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 because we fight it. We fight it. You yeah. know, it's like something that wants to come back up and it can. The second you let go of the wheel, it will because we're not, you know, we're not behind desks. You know, we're entrepreneurs. So. I also think
0: the bigger you get, the easier it is for you to fucking crumble. 100%. You know, because you're taking much bigger risks as you get bigger. Yeah. You know, my father used to always say, he says, the bigger your roof, the more snow. Yeah. And it's <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. That's a good way to say it. You know? it's a good way to put it. So that's pretty fucking crazy. So where do you want to see yourself? Where do you see your business going from here? Uh, I mean, right now we have our eyes on, you know, some national...
1: Competition, you know, we're looking at already, you know, A level companies that we're looking to try to, you know. Infiltrate <laughs> and sort of uh, break down and, and uh, chop away at, but we're just really trying to go national. We w- would like to be a national name for the real estate development community to recognize us as a um, as a partner, not as a distributor. You know, there's many stores, many places where they could buy things from.
0: So can you be competitive against these guys price-wise?
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. So my my leverage right now is the lack of overhead, right? You know, these guys are so deep in, you know, they're titanics. I'm a speedboat. Yeah. You know, so for them to turn, they need, you know, barrels and barrels of coal just to make a turn. So you can underprice the shit out of these Exactly. Essentially, in the beginning, that's what you have to do. And that's, all all, you know, always, almost how it always plays out. That's how you build your business. Exactly. You know, you have to to jeopardize somewhere, whether it's your time or money. And one day
0: you're going to wake up and they're going to say, Tim, that's a little expensive.
1: (laughs) No, 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 not really. So the way I did it is I I really wanted to make sure that I had a strategic plan in mind and not just do a car salesman and move on to my clients one day and say hey listen you know thanks for all the orders but you know we're moving on to bigger yeah, and better basically things you're now. saying
0: you're not gonna be a fucking turn-and-burn type of company you want to have the relationship and you want to build a future with
1: exactly them. so we we have different levels of product for this reason you know so we understand it's not a one fit all so we would have an entry-level product that is for your for the, the tire kickers then we have the middle level product for someone that has a little room to play up and down and then the high-end product is usually for people that rarely look at the bottom line They're mostly only relying on your service, who you are, what brand name is behind it. You know, you're in that world as well. You know how that works. So, yeah. So,
0: I ask this question as one of my final questions every time because we're getting a little bit tight on time right now. So, let's say you are at the end of your life, you're dying, you're in your deathbed, you got your wife there, you got your kids there, you got your grandchildren there, right? Mm Mm-hmm. It hey, just took me to a really dark place. I'm talking about a,
1: wiping the smile off someone's face. I'm like, yo, life's awesome.
0: Now you're about to die. No, but what I'm saying is I want you to imagine yourself in this position, and I want you to imagine, you know, leaving some knowledge and leaving some nuggets of golden information to the people you love most, your family, your kids, your grandkids. If there's anything you could leave them with regards to, you know, living a happy, positive life or a life where, you know, they can take the wealth that you created and manage it or grow it or anything with regards to success. What kind of advice would you give them? What would you say to them? Think about this. This is your wife. This is your kids. This is your family. This is your grandkids. What would you say to them? Absolutely. There's no fucking draws in the casket.
1: No, nah, there're no draws That's it. Um I mean, you first is you know, something that I struggled and I should have figured out much earlier on is you have to find what you're good at that is combined with what you're happy with. And you start there, and you put all of your energy into that, do not look left, do not look right. Keep your head down, do what makes you happy, but be honest with yourself and do it 100%, not 99, 100. Do that for a really long fucking time, come up for air, look left, look right, and then come back down and do that for a really long fucking time and keep doing that until you become unhappy and then look back to step one and repeat that process over and over because everything that's left and right is just noise. Those That's not family. Those are outside forces. Those are things that are going to come and go. But family, where, where it starts, and I shouldn't even have to mention that. That goes without saying. know. Yeah. but as far as being successful and Making sure that you're happy on this deathbed is to make sure that you've done for a really long time What you were happy doing and I think you know that's the biggest for me because everything else will go You know everything else is just noise
0: There you have it ladies and gentlemen coming from the man himself Tim Roman talking from the heart keeping it real being authentic genuine you know guys you know, this this studio alone between Lee and, and Tim and myself, just being around people that really just get it is really a beautiful thing, you know? I really don't care so much about the money. Uh, I care more about, obviously, my family, you know, feeling grateful and being lucky that I have a great wife and I have these two beautiful kids and I get to meet people that, you know, that operate, that have the same mentality and I really have always tried to surround myself with people like that and uh it's really just a beautiful experience being able to come over here to jambox entertainment recording studios at 352 7th avenue and get to you know kick it with my man lee you know before we even started this podcast i had this like really heavy deep conversation with him in a good way and it's crazy you know what you don't know about people because you never you don't know what you don't know and i say that all the time and i just feel so much uh closer to you more connected you know after hearing some of the stories that you were you know lovingly shared with me and i appreciate that and i'm grateful to you brother for for sharing that with me, and Tim, thank you so much for your time and giving me the opportunity to you know handle your handle on Instagram. <laughs> Why don't you uh, you know share with my listeners you know where they can find you, where they can see you? Just you know throw your your fucking website out, your Instagram, anywhere that you're social media outlets are just go ahead and do that right now for sure for sure
1: i mean the best way to check us out is definitely instagram that's imperial kb like kitchens baths um that's where we're most active i'd love to have you guys over there anything i can help you with if you feel like i could provide you any value if you feel like you're stuck and you're in a similar situation and you don't really have an outlet dm me i'll do my best to give you a word of advice and you know you you guys make sure to you know, reach out anytime to either me or Danny, and also I'd love to send anyone a book that's interested, um, signed copy by both me and Danny. So definitely tune in, and also just want to say thanks to Danny and Leeds. Pleasure, pleasure meeting you. This is a beautiful studio. Been pumped, and definitely most exciting that I've I've ever
0: done. I'm trying to get you to do a podcast, man. I think you'd be really good at it. And I think your stories, really like from the core, can really help inspire other people, man. You know, you're a success story, dude. You're a success story. You're living proof that if you want to overcome obstacles, you can, and it's a choice. And you made it. And look at where you are right now, and think about where you're going to be five years from now. Think about where the fuck you're going to be ten years from now, man. Got to think about that. Follow yeah, my man. To think about you guys. If you're listening to this, make sure you follow my man on Instagram. This guy's an inspiration. And he's the kind of guy you DM him. He's going to get back to you. So we're going to leave it at that. God bless all you guys. Whether you believe in God or the universe, I'm sending you good vibes, good feelings. Today was dope. I love coming over to Jambox Entertainment Recording Studio. Come see my man Lee if you want to do something similar, if you want to start a podcast, if you want to you know, lay down some freestyles on some hot tracks, if you want to come in here and you want to sing your face off, this is the place to do it. The energy's just right, and I couldn't imagine calling anywhere else home but Jambox Entertainment Studio. Thank you all. See you next time.
1: Yeah! Woo!